You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 72. Pocket dimensions are tight. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that's in a big goddamn hurry. My name is Jim. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. And we are back very soon after our last episode to bring you another episode of the Savage Fin cast. Uh, mostly we're going to be talking about Savage Dragon 236, uh, which uh, which Eric has banged out in very quick succession with 237 not far behind. So you're going to be hearing from us again probably also very soon in the next two weeks. Gavin said publicly that uh, that bitch is already in the sack, so it's on the way. Yeah, I think it's marked for the 7th, and this one came out last, uh, was this Monday? Yeah, it came out last Wednesday, 236. The beautiful thing about being a Savage Dragon fan is that every now and then, you'll just get like three issues in a month and a half. It's fucking great, dude. I guess I guess because he got, he, he was going on, he, um, he talked about this on twitter and facebook he went on a alaskan cruise vacation from hell and yeah. I, I guess he, he cranked these three out ahead of it to be prepared wow and con season i don't know when new york comic con is it must be coming up gotta be there's only one month left uh of summer so i'd say it's right around the corner yeah it, it is pretty crazy though like getting issues every two weeks I mean, do you, I mean, how long have we been doing this podcast for? And there were some years where we would only get like six issues. Uh, and, during, but, during our time, I believe things have been fairly consistent. At, yeah, wor- no, at worst, we had 11 issues. No, I mean, pretty much recently he's been cranking them out month after month. So even to get them in every two weeks is pretty freaking crazy. But because of the, love it, dude. because of this turnaround, we have no letters, no interesting conversations to speak of. Yeah, sorry, so folks. We're just going to continue with last times, which I'm pretty sure I did not write down. Do we even have one? We don't even no. need it. No, we're no. slim and trim, baby. Yeah. Slim and trim. Listen, There's dear a listener, if you want to make up your own interesting conversation, cool. We don't have time for that. <laughs> so let's get right to the news then. Yeah, baby. What's the news, Jim? Take Actually, it really exciting news. Um, there is a new comic series coming out from Image Comics uh, by one uh, Nikos uh, Kautis. We know that guy. Col- 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 colorist extraordinaire, uh, drawer of comics such as the Freak Force backup and... Uh, I mean, the Freak Force one-shot and... Um, well, no, it was a Mighty Man one-shot, right? Mighty Man. Right. Got there. So it's called Aaron Boys, and it's a five-issue limited series, and this has already got my attention. It's got all the things I enjoy, so let me just read off its solicitation copy. In the future, if if you can't find a decent job, you run errands, the dangerous, often illegal kind. 
30-year-old Jace Lopez is a hard-warden scoundrel and a lifelong solo act until he's saddled with his 13-year-old half-brother, Tonk, Tonk. Saddled with his 13-year-old half-brother Tonk full-time. Now Jace has two mouths to feed while evading the law, running from aliens, and jumping off skyscrapers. The only thing weirder, the only thing weirder than the vastness of space is family. Oh, that's so, good. So I love uh, madcap sci-fi stuff. So I'm all over this. And now Eric is doing a, a, a alternate cover, which mm-hmm. has got the main characters running towards the camera with big old monsters on their tail. And it is pretty fucking great. It if you yeah. Seen it. I looked up the writer. It's a DJ Kirk Kirkbride, I think. It's really familiar yeah. to me. He, he's done a few different series at IDW and Dark Horse, so it should be good. That name run bells like crazy, yeah. dude. DJ Kirkbride? Like, is there any highlight that just stuck out you, to you? No. I mean, you guys read comics, so. What's that? Nothing. I said you don't read comics, so. <laughs> <laughs> the once in future queen was his work at dark horse and then mm-hmm. he's got this amelia cole series at idw amelia cole i have to do more research that does sound vaguely familiar i don't think i've read any of them though well now who doesn't read comics fucker of mothers <laughs> he's got he's he, he's got his photo on comiXology which not everyone does Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I think he had a series in Dark Horse Presents. I probably read because he's name, he's credited like said, for something. I think I think I have read Amelia Cole. I think that ran in Dark Horse Presents. Well, he's got a writer's name. Yeah, yeah, perfect <laughs> writer's name, right? Oh no, Amanda Amelia Cole is from that Monkey Brains uh, company. They did like they they did uh, primarily digital comics, digital oh, yeah. first, then print they later. Did... I think it started there and went over to IDW. Yeah, I'm thinking you're right. Yeah. Very, very, very neat. Looking forward to that series. Yeah, I think it's cool, man. And I support Nikos. I'm down. Put it in my pull box. It's coming. Uh, I liked his uh, Freak Force backup. I liked his Mighty Man one shot. I think he's got a kick-ass art style. He did did both. That's why I got confused. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I could tell. You know what? I could see the nuggets of truth forming together to make your combo. So everything yeah, I man. do was an accident. Never forget. <laughs> so yeah, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's cool, and I love the Eric cover. But I'm also excited for the book. Genuinely. All right. You now, if it's bad, oh no, no. <laughs> just kidding. You know, Image Comics doesn't publish bad books. They don't. They really don't. I can't remember the last actual dog that I saw Image publish. They really don't. I'm never like, ugh, when I read a comic. It's always like, hmm, well, that's not for me, but that was really well done. Or something like that. To that effect. <laughs> True. I mean, It's so pleasant feel, and nice. Yeah, I mean, you ever feel that way? Like, I've read comics that I'm just like, ah, damn. And just I want to rip it in half and throw it in the trash. And I've done that before. That... <laughs> That only happened to me once. And it was a cool, really. It was called Dinosaur Wars from Antarctic Press. It was so bad, <laughs> and I had to buy the next four issues because I had pre-ordered it. Oh, that's the that's the curse of pre-ordering, and the the diamond way. 
bad art, bad story. Bad oh, both. It was just the dialogue was just written badly. The the structure was just bad. The art was uninspired. It was just at the time I was basically reading everything I get my hands on, and that was like the first time that made me put on the brakes. What's it called? <laughs> it was called Dinosaur War. It was from yeah. uh, actually I think Very. Dino Wars. Dino Wars. That's it. Yeah. It's from like the, the mid two thousands. I'm looking it up because I'm so intrigued. It just sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it had, oh, yeah, you know, it's bad. You know, I had the premise: dinosaurs come back to Earth, they, you know, go to war with humans. Yeah, yeah. you had too much money. You, <laughs> that, that was a too much money. No, I've been there. It's a funny thing. Like when you're just buying shit just because you you got it, and you're like, oh yeah, sure. I mean, I'm gonna pick this up. You know, cool cover. Like you don't even know anything about it. Oh, it's Dino Wars. That's one, one of those... word, by the way, because Dino Wars two words brings up something else. <laughs> of course. I mean, why wouldn't it, right? <laughs> oh man. Well, All right. Yes. Move on. Let's get into the main <laughs> issue. Savage Dragon 236. This is the, 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 the Savage Little Dragons issue. Which uh, which going in that we, we knew was going to be a fun issue because every double page spread is like a big Calvin and Hobbes Sunday spread. Right. I love the cover of this. No one else? Okay, cool. I, I know, I do too. It sounded <laughs> like you had to finish your thought. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we can let you finish. We we oh. gave you a pause because it sounded like you were gonna <laughs> go into something. No, I, I guess yeah, I like... just I think Eric put a lot of thought into designing the kids, like the way he made them the different shades of green, kinda yeah. almost like the ethnicity and, and really it's really easy to tell them apart. I think it's just they're just well really well designed and they've been great characters so far. They've got each got their little quirks, which is cool. Yeah, I, I like the composition, and I also love, and you know, not jumping ahead or too much or anything. I love any time a cover can work into an issue, which yeah. this one kind of does, and it's in a cool way, and so. fake you out at the same time. Cause yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Because you know, we like, can talk they, about they, that. They, 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 it. You, you, it makes you think that they're fighting the electric hand. Of course, this cover came out before the birth, mm-hmm. so you know that recontextualizes things too. But then on top of that, the damn copy said that they were fighting the baby. Of course it did. Eric's yeah, copy sl- always lies. The lying Did it say that? I don't remember that. Yeah, it was like, they must stop the newest menace. The mem- they, they have a different menace to face, the newest member of the dragon family. You know, and of course we found out the baby had electric powers, so... Kind of seemed like they were going to kick some baby asses from this cover, but... Yeah, we, we got the fake out. It's cool. Uh, they chase down a deadly threat on their own, but the menace they face is no foe. But I guess they're still trying to track. Eh, you know what? It's actually more than words. It's, it's both a lie and the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool, though. I think there was all kinds of kick ass art on this issue. Like, all kinds. All kinds of stuff going on Absolutely. really good. I found that there was a bunch of character development that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, uh, Lightning Girl, like, she's getting, like, pretty fucking huge. Like, she's got, like, giant muscular legs now and shit like that, which is kind of cool. Because when she first appeared, she was pretty scrawny. Mm-hmm. When uh, when Malcolm saved her from the fire, guys. 
she looked like a pretty like just I don't know preteen scrawny girl, and now she's like pretty buff. It's well, her home, cool. home life was shit. She was probably being starved. Yeah, that's true too. But I do get what you're saying. I noticed that like you know he gave it. It's kind of cool that like she does seem to have not just like uh you know your cookie cutter Eric Larson hot girl body. Yeah, like, exactly. She just kind of seemed to have like thicker legs, you know. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a cool, cool design. I like it. And it's a simple costume, but it's iconic. It's no, cool. I like it with the boots. The boots are cool. Yeah, you know, man. The, the army boots, yeah, that's yeah. different than our moms, at least. It's good, dude. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. I hope we see more of her. I like seeing Malcolm and Angel reunited. <laughs> yeah, the, the true couple of this book. <laughs> I like it. You know, you flip the book, there they are. Oh, I missed you. And then, you know, Maxine looking hilarious. Dude, like, Maxine with braces is just fucking comedy gold. And the short hair, man. I can't wait till that grows out. Looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's so funny, though, dude. It's it's just hilarious. The combo. There's a page where she's, like, hugging on Thunderhead's arm, where her, like, teeth are, like, you know, the, the short hair and the teeth combo. Is, like, it's just, like, perfect. It's good stuff, dude. It's good stuff. We get our first Savage Little Dragon spread, which is really cool. A yeah, day man. in the life. I loved it. What kind of, this isn't even like, you know, you do nine panel grids. Like, this is kind of like something, have we seen much of this? Like, the cross page, like, he makes it work. Like, the panels up the seam. It's kind of genius how, like, even though they're right on the seam, like, they split perfect. Oh, I yeah, guess that's it's... true. You guys would be seeing that with the staples down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's Jim. It's got a really cool thing, like, where, uh, like, you know, Maddie's climbing out of the crib and fucking Tyrone's on the one side and then the TV's on the other hand and then the truck's on the other side. Oh, okay. Even, even like Jack and Amy are playing with the truck and like she's reaching from across her page to his page and you know the seam of a double page spread is tricky shit like if it doesn't hit right it's gonna look weird right? yeah and this is perfect in line it's up. perfect well, yeah, it's... Eric, Eric is just a master of comic book dynamics and, and... and you know we probably put a lot of work into making sure that was the case well and, and the thing is a lot of comic books I think screw up the composition of these like double page spreads with lots of boxes powers used to do it all the time where you wouldn't know where to read whether you should finish reading the left side first and then the right side mm-hmm. and it would get screwy so having these like panels in the middle and if you, like... for- if you forget and you put a ton of information in the gutter you lose it in the collections yeah, it's it. This is just perfect the way it is. There's no confusion of which way you're supposed to read it, and it just looks great. Yeah, and um, I know like it's uh, you guys are gonna hate me, but there's totally some guy in Duder sodomy in this. <laughs> I know that one panel. <laughs> like definitely, like he's even pulling his pants up in the next one. Fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> Good little Maddie's a little guy in Duder. Little uh, Maddie's a little beast, just smashing yeah. through the wall like that. She just pushes it out. Boop. <laughs> yeah, runk. I love like when Larson draws the kids with like the four little fangs or the two fangs. Yeah, so cool looking. Even it's funny 
just the attention to detail, like Maddie having that giant fucking baby head. Like just you know how babies' heads are kind of weird and giant. Yeah, yeah. So like she doesn't look like the other kids. Yeah, she because well she's younger, but yeah, yeah, she also, yeah. Um, anybody notice that Kevin's not looking as uh, ripped as usual? <laughs> he hasn't for a long time. Man, at at, at first, at first, I thought it was just the style of these the, these pages, but he's kind of like that through the rest of the issue too. Maybe he's been, been sucking he's the been life like out that. of him. Yeah. <laughs> He's been like that for quite a few issues now, I want to say. He's domesticated, dude. You even saw, like, when, when Curmudgeon came, he wasn't out there kicking ass. He was like, hurry, Malcolm. Like, he's not really, like, an ass kicker well, these days. I gotta be honest. I wouldn't want to fight anyone that Malcolm fights either. True. Is it just... just just compare him to the cover of, like, 171. Compare yeah. him now. It's it's in, to his like first appearance where it's like that red and white cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's domesticated, dude. I'm telling you, he's, <laughs> he's settled down. He's got to fit in the sweater vest. Yeah, May's made an honest man of him. <laughs> an honest skull. <laughs> Dress like a hey, look like a thug. Get treated like a thug, you know. Yep, yep. <laughs> dress dress how you want to be addressed. I guess uh, she's like, you need to tone down. <laughs> oh, sorry, I will. Be less threatening. Sorry, creepy, honey. Creepy skull, man. <laughs> it's good, dude. Uh, they get a little bit of a catch-up, a little bit of dialogue. I gotta of... say, I thought Eric was gonna be dialing this back the way he was asking, like, what people thought a few months ago. But this is this is basically a recap dump. This page. Yeah? Dialing what back? Just the doing expos- recaps? Exposition. Oh. Because we're basically getting a recap of the whole Dimension X adventure, with uh, with uh, you know the extra extra raptures and Michael and all that good stuff. Yeah, could, could potentially I don't know where this lands book wise, but this could also potentially be the beginning of a new book or something. And so yeah, there's times there's times sense. when you yeah there's times when you like you you have no choice. Like I don't know if this is the beginning of a new book, but if this is like you kind of gotta throw that kind of stuff in there for what it's worth. I thought it flowed pretty good. Did you guys even realize you're on top of a roof in that first on the first page until you like read these two page, like the two pages. Nope. After I didn't dude. I mean, there's a flying car there. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense because they go immediately go downstairs to find the kids gone. Malcolm even says Kevin's downstairs. Yeah. (laughs) But I just didn't realize they were on the roof. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad people are finally getting sick of Maxine's shit. Oh, uh, haters. Haters gonna hate. I'm with you, Jim. I, it, it, it's a bit much. Yeah. Sorry, Raven. I, I'm kind of glad That's Angel funny. is calling it out and the fact that... We get we get the explanation here, right? Yes. Nope. No? Yeah, nope. kind of. Kind of. She had the near-death experience. Why do you say no? Well, they don't really get into it. That's true. It's vague. It is vague. How is it vague? She doesn't. Wait, I don't know what page it talks about, but it, he says like she was. She was in heaven with like all like, oh, when she's talking to uh, Kevin Thunderhead in a few pages, she gets to it. No. Oh wait, never mind. They're in the sewers. Yeah, Non-stop that's from ecstasy. it's from it's from the sewer scene. Yeah, it comes up in this issue. Nonstop yeah. ecstasy. Apparent, apparently, her going to heaven. Or her version of heaven has 
completely screwed her. Literally. I, I, I thought that was hilarious. I mean, and then she she talks I, about it more with Kevin too. Yeah, but I anyway. mean, it, it, it's it's been you know excessive before, but now at least it has a a explanation that I can probably accept. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I get it. I get it. Not a lot of people like it. It's fine. Well, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's the way the character keeps harping on it gets obnoxious. And I guess that's maybe the point. She's starting to bother people in the comic as well. I I tend to agree. Uh, it, it was fun, and now it's just like, all right, eh, it's kind of... I wouldn't have mind if it was more like old Savage Dragon where every few issues he's having sex or something and it's just graphic now. But it seems like a lot of these issues just revolve. Even if they're not having it, they're talking about it. And it's starting to get kind of old for me. Yeah. And I actually thought he was tapering it off before she died. And now it seems to be back with the vengeance. Well, I mean, uh, didn't they? They're kind of addressing it. I feel like, here's the thing. You want to call a shot... I don't know if you can call a shot in Savage Dragon, but it kind of feels like uh, maybe he's getting tired of it, too, because it kind of feels like it's building towards getting wrapped up. Like they're calling it a mental breakdown and like everybody's like freaked out and stuff. And she's depicted, I think, in this issue kind of in a more desperate than ever fashion. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah it's true. So she's I, like crazed. It, it's like, yeah. It's affecting, like, her actually looking for her kids. Like, it's... It's right. a problem. It yeah, is. It's a, it's a real problem. Yeah, even, even like, uh, Thunderhead is like, dude, like, your kids are missing. Like, you need to calm down. So, I feel like it's going somewhere. I mean, the thing is, is I feel like, you know, Maxine was in the book. It happened. And you can't just, you know, pump the brakes and have it not be in there. It kind of seems like it's getting... It's building towards being dealt with. So... Or maybe it won't, whatever, but I won't fight for it. I'm just saying I feel like it being talked about in this issue has kind of a place because it is being shown as a problem. Right. Like like it's it's being shown it's being shown in a light that we've not previously seen. Like this issue, specifically this issue, like you want to talk about illustrating kinda like over the edge, like you know. She can't calm down long enough to look for her lost kids. Like, you know, that's different. So, it's fine. I think it's going to go away. I I mean, I hate to call a shot. Like, you never really can with Savage Dragon. Right. But kind of feels like it's getting going to get tidied up. How how you address this, where it goes from here. Like, she died and, you know... She experienced this. So how yeah. does she? So, so what's the solution here? Yeah, you put her in be, an uh, insane asylum. Do you just ki- kill her, trick us, kill her anyway? You want to know what's funny? There was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode <laughs> where they resurrected Buffy, and uh, Buffy was acting like a fucking weirdo, and everybody's like, "Dude, like, shouldn't you be fucking happy? Like, we saved you. Like, we saved your ass." And she would never like really talk about it. She's like. No, it's fine. No worries. It's fine. No big deal. And then later, finally, somebody got her in private. Like, dude, what the fuck's your problem? Like, we saved your ass. And she's like, I was in heaven. I was happy. And so, like, that character got over it. <laughs> they had a couple yeah, more to be all passive aggressive about it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, you know, she was weird until she got over leaving heaven. Like, you know, I'm just saying, I feel like uh, when you're talking about the wacky concept of, like, anything can happen, really. I kind of feel like, you know, Maxine could just, maybe she goes fucking crazy and never gets over it. And fucking dies. like, Or maybe she totally does get over it and is like a uh, fucking button down, like, keep it freaking the sheets and a lady in the streets kind of type. I don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. She reins it in. She calms down. It's like she's a super freak in the bedroom and in public she's chill. There you go. Well, that doesn't seem to be the case yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's a freak in this issue. For Actually, sure. I can think of one solution. Mm. It gets one of those sex dolls to live in 24 hours a day <laughs> as the nanny. Negate. <laughs> yeah, neg- just, negate the sex out of her. Good negate, idea. Negate the sex drive. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm sorry you bros don't like it. I think a lot of listeners don't like it. A lot of readers don't Raven, once again, it. you're attributing criticism as dislike. No, it's fine. I mean, it's fine if you don't. I mean, it's fine to criticize it, too. That's what I'm saying. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Because what it mm-hmm. sounds like is you think we're prudes and that we're being bitches. Now, that is how I feel in my heart, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel it's like cool. a bitch. You bitches, you old men. <laughs> You're getting old, guys. You're getting soft and old. Eh. <laughs> I, I do love the panel where uh, Angel says, why do we always have to go into the sewer? Which is a pretty funny thing to say didn't they smooch last time they were in the sewer <laughs> oh, no that was in the classroom that's honestly right. i thought they were gonna smooch in this issue in the sewer nope just run into good old demonoids oh boy they're moving north sewer based demonoids i'm not a fan of the demonoids so far i mean the demonoids they run they have a similar problem to many of eric's like group enemies whereas they're basically they have no personality because they're just a collective there's no like yeah. there's no like leader to like have charisma so they're just fodder at the end of yeah, the day I get, yeah you're right because I, I do miss like guys like the Atlantean right. who's like kind of just a silly dude and, someone someone who can have a lot of bluster before he gets murked yeah yeah we need that <laughs> from a demonoid I mean Glum, Glum I was guess... like that he had his army behind him you know he was a threat but yeah, we need like a lead demonoid to give a shit about these guys. And this is kind of a uh, kind of a window of things to come because I know one of the solicitations say that he's going to face the oh, demonoids. Yeah. Cover, the covers, covers covered in demonoids. Oh yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it's it's a build up, uh, or you never know. Shit, it could be a fake out. But I mean, you got the idea though, don't you? Feel like that's. Uh... Some shit will get down the road, possibly. What's that? Because when they talked about all those underground factions, right? The war. I mean, you see that's interesting to me. Yeah. Let's learn more about the lava lords and the demonoids and like what what their what their cultures are like and how they interact and how they're not doing so well. Like what 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 other party is pushing these groups together now? See, that's all cool to me. Them just coming to the service to get beat up, not so much. Right. Well, I love this uh, cat monster that they are beating up. 
the kids. Oh, the, the kids. Yeah. yeah, it's like at first you think it's just a dog, and then you get that panel, and he's kind of like a humanoid dog. He's kind of big. Do you think he is connected to the buffalo stew situation? You know, that's not a terrible thought. I actually thought he was tied to the actual kidnapping here, but you might be <laughs> right. He may just be another escapee thing. Because I know he's not yeah. a demonoid. I mean, I, he's furry. I, well, my take on it is that he's just a junkyard dog. And in this kind of reality, there are kind of weird creatures. So he's just kind of like the humanoid junkyard dog. He's, they're in the junkyard, so. Yeah, that's true. That's right. They, they did go to the dump. That's where they are. Oh, they did go to the junkyard. So you think that. In Savage Dragonverse, like junkyard dogs are just these big mean ass motherfuckers, like humanoid, like mutant dogs. I just think there's random creatures everywhere. I mean, look at like, uh, I don't know, the Rock House Diner. There's just all sorts of weird shit. So also, he's got he's got like a little skull for a nose. Oh, you know what? And duh, it's not even like a kidnapping. It's like Maddie fell in a garbage truck. Yeah, yeah. But so she just fucking wound up there. But in this scene, she's getting nabbed. Oh, right. You're oh, no, right. actually, she's not. Amy's getting that. No. Oops. Yeah. She just fell in the dump truck when she fell out of the house, and the dump truck dumped him in the dump, and then there's this junkyard dog at the dump, and then Damn, this hand comes right. out of the portal and grabs Amy. I don't he know. That, that, like a... that dog has real human proportions. I, I don't know. Maybe it's Eric just being real dramatic, but I, I feel like it's got, you know, human shape to it. But... I definitely think it does, but I honestly, honest to God, think that it's just a, a, a savage world type junkyard dog. All right, but yeah, who knows? He's I'm not got Eric. Thumbs. So. I do love the yip yip yip. So good, Fair Delgado. We see you. We see and appreciate <laughs> you, bro. And look at like Tyrone's like yelling mouth. Isn't that fucking great? Just as like bad dog, don't ever do that again, mouth. So good, dude. There's some good shit going on in this issue. Yeah, that is good. I love the dog running away in that panel, too, with his, like, <laughs> legs up in the air. Yeah, dude. So good. I love that Eric drew the dog like that instead of just some normal dog. I see the skull for a nose, Jim. That's great. That's fucking terrific. There's oh. my uh, there's my ugly Maxine face. I love it. <laughs> Wait, which one with her teeth bared? Yeah, dude, with the teeth. <laughs> yeah, she looks horrible with short hair. <laughs> I love how much hell you're giving her for her looks. <laughs> I I don't mind. So the short, I, don't, I don't mind the short hair myself. So ugly. How about speaking about ugly? Look at this goddamn guy in this comic shop. Apparently. You, 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 you know Maxine's desperate when that's arousing her. Yeah, dude. He's a mutant. <laughs> Talk about, like, fucking who, who climbed up from the underground. Like, yikes. Mm. <laughs> Hideous, dude. Chud-like. Chud. Very chud-like. Very chud-like. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. That's it. Oh, Craig. Plus three points, dude. Yes. <laughs> I used to always see that video cassette at the video what, store. For mentioning Chud? <laughs> yeah, dude. Sorry, sorry, Jim, you gotta... Jim's like, what, Chud? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just confused. Is Chud suddenly obscure? It's not like Basket Case. 
I think I don't think a lot of people know Chud, right? And that, I that's not that's not super. You can't just say Chud and people know what you mean. Carnivorous underground dweller. You know, but do you think like? But I, I don't know. I don't like horror movies. Well, they even mentioned the Chud on The Simpsons, so no. Yeah, he gets named in Aqua Teen Hunger Force too. That's kind of where I learned about it. I'm just saying. I don't think like Chud is like Gizmo or Gremlins. Nah, it's a B movie. Yeah, but, B movie, big time. But if you grew up in the '90s, like early '90s, right? It got a lot. Late, got a late. Got a lot of late night play. Probably yeah, it was always in the video stores. Yeah, so it did had I. those like direct to video <laughs> cassette movies. It was, yeah. Anyway, anyway, Chud, I like her uh, flying abilities. Oh. Isn't that cool, dude? That whole page is really cool. Of China, I don't know. It just kind of fleshes out her character more. Mm-hmm. So it kind of show it, like if you read this whole page, this panel really doesn't do much or say much to like. Yeah, because think, think about it. Forward. She flies to the roof just to walk all the way back downstairs and open the door. But it kind of like it gives you a lot because it's telling you that she's only like fifteen, so she doesn't, she can't even really drive a car. So it's kind of just giving you a little clue into the character how young she is. Maybe I'm weird, but when I think of a flying car, I think it has to be simpler than an actual car, <laughs> or else everyone would just crash it. I but think the you're lightning right. powers are cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is just this page is really just to showcase what she can do. Now here's the thing: Do you think that Malcolm could ever learn to short-term fly? Not that he needs it with his jumps. I have I'm of two minds of this. Okay. We've seen that Malcolm gets drained real bad when he uses electricity intensely. Okay. And she does claim that uh, it, it it it's not really flying. It's more it's it's like a temporary thing. She can't do it for long, but I feel like because she's got more of her mother in her, she might be able to do it for better than Malcolm. She, she can go up at least four or five stories or whatever it is. It's pretty right. crazy. Follow-up right. question. Do you think Thunderhead can fly like this? No. No? I don't know. He's never really shown. Because boys are heavy. <laughs> not Not the new Thunderhead. Not skinny Thunderhead. Slim. Domesticated. Not Kevin. That's a, there's a huge difference between Kevin and Thunderhead. <laughs> I think Kevin could fly four stories before he got tired and had to get in a flying car. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Open your mind, Jim. There could be all kinds of short-term flight in the book. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Malcolm sh- should be able to like redirect his like momentum in flight mm-hmm. if he wanted to. I think it's cool because I think it's like, you know, lightning powers, we've been only seeing them in their one functionality right now. But if you think about it, and Savage Dragon doesn't really tinker with powers like this. You know no, what I mean? No, it really doesn't. It's all it, it, Generally, powers are used, like, really directly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, one application. So, like, you don't really see it. But, like, technically, like, think about it, like... In the stupid Shazam trailer where he's, like, powering cell phones? Sure. I mean, technically, why not, right? Well, you gotta know the voltage and the the, the, the correct number of ohms. Ah! And, and the, or, and, hmm. or, or you could just have fun. <laughs> or comic books. Or comic books, exactly. Would you be mad if uh, Malcolm just powered up a cell phone? I mean, I wouldn't be mad, but 
it wouldn't make a lot of sense. There's a reason that your phone charges at the rate it does. The batteries, that- you can't just throw a bunch of volts into a battery and not expect it to overheat and explode. Did that scene in Shazam's trailer piss you this off? This is the gym and the logic. The fact that one of the phones did explode proves my point. <laughs> True. All right. You, you win. I'm not an irra- unreasonable man. If you just make your case, I'm totally down. You proved it. You're right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying in comic books, logic, yes, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. But it would make more sense that if his phone was out of power, he just sort of like, very slightly, very gradually generated enough juice just to, like, treat it as if it was plugged into a wall. That'd be mm-hmm. far more believable than just supercharging it with one zap. Would you, Craig, Jim, this is for you both, would you be interested in seeing more secondary applications of powers in the book? I mean, I'm a, I'm Mal- Malcolm can punch and he can jump. And shock. And he can also get cut in half. But... But yeah, and he can, and well, at least his father could like shoot bullets out of his mouth, like super breath or whatever. Well, he would, yeah, he would chew stuff up and use his super, I guess his super cheek muscles to <laughs> accelerate. Super, super aim. Yeah, he had really good aim too. Yeah, but he, he could like flick stuff like with his thumb and index finger too the same way. It's all about leverage. You know, it's funny, Angel flips Maxine in the exact same fashion in the beginning of this issue. Like, with her thumb, like, flips her like a coin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yep, you're right. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah, that's dragon-esque. She's just flipping her like a coin. Is Angel stronger than Malcolm? Uh, It's always been sort of vague on that. I know Smasher, I thought, was stronger than Dragon. Dragon, yeah, but... They're not super tough, so the applications are limited. I would assume. I mean, Smasher was. Why not, right? Why the heck not? Yeah, fuck it. Vulnerability. Sharp metal. Dudes, this next Savage Dragon, Savage Little Dragon spread. Fantastic again. Yes. You know why I love this? I love Pocket Dimensions. You know why? You know why? I a, love it. It's such a like super specific thing. I love pocket dimensions. <laughs> what? Fantasy realities. What? You know what though? I'm with you, dude. Pocket dimensions are tight. <laughs> they are. You could have any kind of crazy world right right next door. I, hear, I like it. I, I think we got the title of our podcast. Pocket dimensions are tight. <laughs> <laughs> They're cool. I like, and you know what? It's kind of like any any more of this that like wants to be in Savage Dragon. I'm down for it. You know? Yeah, I love the colors. Everything about it. The the, the little dragon should just return here, like every like year or so, as wouldn't they grow it, up. Wouldn't it be funny if? I mean, there's nothing to say that they couldn't. I mean, like. And also, too, like, it doesn't seem like a lot of effort just to, like, throw it away and never... Like, look at the trees and the, like, vegetation and the weird creatures. Like, the place... Don't you just want to, like, know more about this fucking place? I do. Did you guys read the um, comicbook.com interview with Eric about the issue? I did not. The link link I saw... The link I saw was sort of busted, so I couldn't quite get to it. He kind of hits on that, and Eric's like, I don't see why not. I wouldn't, you know touch back on this and 
future issues or something like that, which would be kind of cool. It was something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but he didn't rule out them ever coming back. Think about it. Wouldn't it be cool? You know how like the book has long had Dimension X as just a place people go and do things and disappear and get thrown into? Yep. Wouldn't it be cool as the next generation came up, even hell, Malcolm's era, if there was just like another Dimension X style place that a just kept popping up? Why, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I second that. I love his little aliens with like the crater eyes. Yeah. And do you, do you guys notice on the, the bottom of the, the double sp- page spread, the little guys on the base of the tree? <laughs> and then like Maddie's eating one of them, I think. I, I didn't even notice that, dude, till just now. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, not a great first impression. The locals. <laughs> Yeah, dude, this fantasy land is fucking awesome. Yeah. I just love good... Eric's cartooning on these spreads. Like, it really, sh- like, I don't know. It's just, you could tell he's he's having a lot of fun with it. Like, it's just, the scenes are super dynamic. The poses are great. It's just, it's really fun to look at. I gotta, yeah, wonder, I gotta wonder if they're, like, actually in a white void or if that's just the background he chose. It's kind of weird how the background's always white here. Well, I think it's kind of emulating Calvin and Hobbes type. Yeah, that makes sense. That's as I, that's how I took it. You know, Calvin and Hobbes always just like you know. Oh, but theirs was like a lot of the time. Calvin and Hobbes was like snow. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. like, I do love the look of like this vegetation just popping up in the middle of like a void. Yeah, it's, it really just focuses your eyes on it. I think the color would take away a lot. I also think if there was more background, too, it would detract a lot. Like, yeah. this kind of has an awesome look. Absolutely. It's good, dude. It's and it really good. separates it from the rest of the the story. Yep. Harsh urban environment. Fantasy woodland. Dumbass demonoids. Kapow. 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 Teeth getting knocked out. Fun times. I love that that panel too with the pow panel. That's uh, yeah. You just see the flash, and all you see is the demonoid's hand and feet, <laughs> and Angel's pose is so cool again. Yeah, man. Again, like killer cartooning throughout the whole thing. Like, it's good, dude. Look at Maxine's face as she's talking to Thunderhead. Yeah, say good stuff, dude. Everything. I, is, oh, you know what? It's so. not. A, it's not a comic shop. It's a. It's a. What, oh, it's a yeah. watch call it shop. Funny story. <laughs> I uh, I go to a flea market about a couple of miles away, um, mm-hmm. and I haven't been in a couple of years. But uh, there was a sex shop, like right in the main drag of the town. I drive through every time, and so it's been like two years. Mm-hmm. Now it's a Baptist church. <laughs> <laughs> I found Score. that quite hilarious. Score one for the Lord. Did anyone else notice the the dong and the vibrator that's right next to Maxine's leg in that first panel? Well, that's, yellow. That's why I'm saying it's not a comic show. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Kevin's yanking her out, like I guess that stuff that cartoonally flew behind her. From and the, the magazine says smut. <laughs> it's like the, the chick holding her boobs. The other one says jugs. 
<laughs> Where's the other one? Oh, yeah, Jugs. Up by the Dome. <laughs> yeah, Jugs and Smut. Fucking hilarious. Top sellers. <laughs> you know what? I just want to say... Uh, I'm a dumbass. Uh, Maxine totally talks about her mind heaven. I just want to say, we barely say, I just want to throw this out there really like, I love the fact that this is a continuation of um, the mind heaven concept where whatever you want is what happens to you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's fucking so awesome that that was like carried on into another character. Because we got to see Dragon. He literally had the bevy of leggy models. Yeah, the exact same heaven is maxine basically <laughs> so yeah i just think it's fucking hilarious dude although maxine seems to be surrounded by all the people she knows <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh that's funny dude which is weird because they're not dead yet no that's why because, it's all in your head yeah chain mind heaven man but they will be dead in the future and time has no rules in heaven true that, that's that's my explanation oh and you know what dudes i'm sorry i'm gonna make it sweet remember how when maxine's dad died and she was like no one you love is in heaven they're all gone we're all here on earth and you know he's gone and all that stuff in her version of heaven everyone was there oh that is kind of sweet <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what you say well that seems contradictory if she believes that there's nothing after death and then she gets this well, that's what she hoped for. Maybe she didn't expect, maybe she doesn't believe that after all. Well, there you go, see? I'm just saying, it ties together. It ties together thematically. What if What if this isn't Maxine at all? <laughs> what if it's some succubus who has come, come from heaven, come from hell to, to fuck with Malcolm Dragon? I mean, anything could happen in this book. You never know. <laughs> she could be possessed by something. Like, you know, what if something came back, you know? <sighs> you never know. I think this uh, double-page spread here, again, is fucking completely awesome. I think, you know what was cool is, okay, so the kids got the cover. But I didn't really think that the kids' part was going to be good. I don't know why. It, of course it's going to be good. But, like, for whatever reason, I thought... Three Little Kids Have an Adventure was not going to make for a kick-ass comic. I just didn't. You're all into the sex stuff. I am, dude. I was sex with little kids. It was boring. I was prepared. (laughs) I was just prepared for their adventure to be boring compared to the like the normal stuff. And it's fucking awesome, dude. Look at him storming the castle. Like even the details, like that little moat monster eating that guy in the first very first panel. Yep. So many awesome little fucking things, dude. Even a hot Namorita chick. I also Jeez. thought Namorita. Take his ears. Yeah. Super awesome. It's a good thing that blue guy told them everything that they needed to know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, then I it, and then it wasn't also a lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. That was, that was such an obvious, like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, don't let them break the energy bubble and free the princess of eternal light and goodness who will restore peace and prosperity to the realm. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so I like when it's like stranger danger attack. And then, uh, was it Jack 
I think it's yeah. Jack goes attack back. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a great action pose. Like even though he's a little kid, look how awesome. Like you know, with his foot kicking forward and shit. I like Tyrone's face too. (laughs) Yeah, so good. Oh, it's fucking good, dude. I wasn't expecting to like this kid stuff as much as it is. Like I could actually see more of this stuff more often. So. Maybe that hand on the cover wasn't Maddie's hand at all. No. Isn't that the sweet fake-out? Yeah. I I thought that was a cool touch. That was a very cool touch. It's crazier still when you remember that Eric kind of, like, fucking uses improv and stuff. Yeah. Right. So when he drew that hand, who's to say what the fuck he was thinking? I bet you he was making it Maddie's hand when he drew it. It probably is Maddie's hand. It just so happens he reused the pose here. Because she's not shooting electricity. But it's magic. Was, it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> it's good, dudes. I uh, gotta tell you, I don't buy that it was all a dream. No, not at all. Because they totally... Um, there were the, the adults saw a hole in the wall that sent them on the uh, look, the chase anyway. Right. Something definitely happened. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, man, those stupid little bastards, they wish just to be back home and sleep. Do you think that's it, or do you think we'll find something else in the next next issue? Do you think they wish for something else? Well, they said, grant you your heart's desires. Oh, and there are four of them there. Do you think she meant, like, all of them, or just, yeah? I just can't think little kids would be like, yeah, we just want to be home asleep in our bed. I know, how funny will it be, like, in future issues if s- suddenly, like, something weird, they're like, how the hell did this show up here? It's like some night swing set or something, or something ridiculous, you know? Dude, Not that a swing I... set's ridiculous, but, like, a pony or something comes running I... through the house. <laughs> exactly. Guy and Duder become real. It's <laughs> <laughs> good, dude. It was good. I liked it. I like this issue a fucking lot. I'm looking forward to next issue. I think it's going to be killer. Just the cover alone. All oh, that cover ho- so good. Scourge. Scourge. I'm hoping that he's the bad guy that Malcolm deserves. Oh yes, the the Overlord we've been craving. Hopefully, it's just two weeks away. Canadian Overlord. <laughs> so good. Oh, hey, the Mighty Skullboy is back. <laughs> I haven't seen this in a while. Yeah, Jacob Shabbat's a great cartoonist. I love his stuff. Yeah, this oh. is god-tier cartooning, dude. I love it. Yeah, he's he's good stuff, man. And, and his characters are great. I love him. I have a I have a bunch of his mini comics, and uh, I think it was Dark Horse that put together some of his collections. It's good stuff. But this strip's funny, and his supporting cast is pretty funny. I love his his robot pal and his monkey. What do they call them? Uh, unit one and unit two. <laughs> I just like to see these old, like, I mean, you know, I think of, uh, I think of this as like a classic backup. Like, I lo- like G-Man. Like, I love to see Mighty Skullboy and G-Man in the same issue as backups. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah. Give, I like, have a... Go ahead. I'm just saying, give me as much of that as you can get. I know uh, Chris G and Jacob Shabbat are pretty good friends, too. Wait They're a minute. Kinda... G-Man and, and Skullboy are in this issue. Yes. But you said that's what you wanted to see. Or do you want to see them in the same strip? No, I just said give me more. Oh, well. Like, I just, I love seeing these classic backups. Like, you know, if, if all we had, if like, if we had a page of Savage Dragonbert, it'd just be tops, you know. Desperate, <laughs> like, desperate times. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, I think of these as classic backups. Like, these are classic Savage Dragon backups. Yeah, and they're good. These guys are good at what get, they do. Get some more Megaton Man in here. I you like know, Megaton Man. I like him, too. <laughs> I, I do. I think Eric said that he was not well-received, but I liked him. I have to admit, when he first was in the in the book, I wasn't a fan, and I became a huge fan over well, time. It, well, it was with that weird double page spread, like one every issue. So it, it was. It, I uh, I had my hands on the collection of it, and I didn't buy it. I should have. I should have bought it. To revisit yeah. it. I, I want to go back and get all the old Megaton Man comics before I read that stuff. But I love cartoonists that have their own like world. Yeah, that have put like so much time into it, even if it's not the biggest seller in the world. That you could go back and pick up like forty issues of it. And I just wanted to say, um, I know, like you know, we praise this from time to time, but like, dudes, I buy so many comics, none of them give you eight pages of like extra comics in the back. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, just, just don't get it. Like so that's why Savage Dragon is like ten out of ten because like. Man, you read this awesome first, like, the, you know, actual comic, Savage Dragon, then you get to the back and you got eight more pages. Like, your average comic is, like, 20-some pages. That's almost, like, another issue, uh, another half issue of uh, content. Plus a letters page that's, you know, if you like the book, it's really enjoyable to read the letters page. Even if you skip the letters and read Eric's answers sometimes and whatever, but <laughs> it's it's just, it's fun it's a fun comic book experience. It really is. Yeah, I love it. Some fun, but I, fun, fun G-Man commentary on guest characters. The Dude, G-Man strip is amazing. I love it. Wally Wacky Man shit is absolutely hilarious. It just builds and builds and builds until it's like completely off the rails. I just love the whole you should be drawing more mini Marvel comics. And we were talking about this before the podcast started, how, like, you know, everybody tells Chris G that, you know, he's probably (laughs) so sick of hearing it. And I love the panel where he's like, you know, G-Man's telling Stan Lee, various people think I should return to mini Marvels. And Stan Lee says, none of those people work here. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, there's that bitter truth. (laughs) Or the fucking way the doctor just blows him away. Oh, it gets so dark so fast. He's like, you have fleece cancer. <laughs> oh, no, don't want to die of cancer, dog. You won't. He just shoots him. <laughs> and then the follow-up, like, this is what I'm saying, like, the build-up. The follow-up where, like, the radio host is, like, talking to him, and he's like, uh, oh, it's horrifying. It's unacceptable. And the doctor's like, you know, you're starting to sound like you're coming down with some cancer yourself fucking hilarious dude it was it was just so unexpected for me because g-man's always been kind of like a rated g type comic in a way Mm -hmm. 
But I guess G-Man webcomics is more adult that has been in the past. You know what I mean? Like the regular G-Man comics right. are really kid-friendly, but all these G-Man webcomics that have been in the backups are, you know, they're, they're not rated R strips or anything, but they're definitely not geared towards kids, especially this this strip. <laughs> <laughs> so good, dude. It's freaking awesome. It's freaking awesome. Um well, Dude, did that's... you guys? Sorry, just one. Did you guys catch the panel where he's talking about the feedback on the comic? And yeah. it says, you know, it's really hard taste. Don't keep me waiting, whatever. And it says it's pretty split between fans and haters. And then uh, that was all from one person. It says. And then if you look on the desk in that panel, it says this is one hundred percent true. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it's it's good. I think. Uh... These uh, G-Man strips that he's been doing. I mean, if you're not going to the website, do follow him on Facebook. Like, they've been fucking awesome. Like, hilarious. It's good. It is. Uh, Shall we? I mean, we gotta gotta go. Shall we jump into Turtles 2? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends. (laughs) Are they still hero turtles in Italy? Are they still what? Oh, you mean the UK? I thought that was Italy. No, it was, it, it was for certain in Great Britain. They outlawed the usage of the word ninja in titling. Yeah. Because it, what? quote unquote, yeah. causes violence among the youth. So Where they, is this? Uh, the UK. Are you kidding me? In the mid-90s. No. And this was the whole thing in the mid-90s. So everything had to be rebranded Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah, Google oh it, Craig. Oh, my God. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yep. I just wondered if that was still a thing. I have That's no cool. idea. I doubt it. I'm pretty sure. But you get one of those Catch-22 scenarios where everyone grew up calling them Hero Turtles. So now that you can call them Ninja Turtles, you don't because the marketing's got to be geared towards the youth. Who I mean, the older people who grew up with it being called one thing. And actually, it's not the only case of that either because if I remember correctly... Mm-hmm. G.I. Joe was renamed Action Force. Oh, now, that now that said, I think that was because the G.I. Joe name was more American and Action Force right. was more international. <laughs> Ugh, so lame. Action like Force. Called Captain America, Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. Well, that, 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 I think it was just called the first Avenger internationally. They didn't even call it Captain America. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's go, Action Force. Yeah. <laughs> action force the real international hero that's not even that's not even the weirdest thing that was ever done you want to know what the weirdest thing that was ever done tell me what was his name captain captain action <laughs> Uh-oh. basically these guys got the rights to a bunch of comic book superhero comics like dc mm-hmm. and marvel stuff so to tie it all together they created a character called... I just want to Google this real quick because I'm pretty sure it's Captain Action. Okay. Yes. Uh, for yeah, it is filler it, noise. It is Captain Action. He was created in like 1966. And okay. the gimmick of Captain Action is that he would have his own like lead-in portion of the comic and mm-hmm. then he would transform into these other superheroes and then they would just print those comics as if Captain Action was the character, it, 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 portraying the character. And at the Terrible end, gimmick. And at the Terrible. end, he would turn back into Captain Action, 
And that would be the end of the story. So he would be like Batman and Spider-Man and Captain America and Aquaman. Horrible. Horrible gimmick. <laughs> that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> that would be like if the Crypt Keeper became like the you know character of the story. Then at the end was like, now back to the Crypt. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? It would be exactly like that. Doesn't work. Doesn't work for me at all. I don't like it. I don't like it. Or, Captain Action? And I think I remember, doesn't he have a shitty, like, captain's hat and, like, a fucking lame three-color logo on his chest? Yes, that's yes. him. Oh. I didn't know that's what he was about. Well, that's what he was about that, when was he was created. It? I think he's kind of his own thing now. Hmm. That is the worst. Yeah, I have to agree. I think we found the worst hero. You guys just don't appreciate British comics. I don't appreciate them at all. They make me angry. That's <laughs> so bad. I guess it also it, it's, it tied into like a, a licensed toy line, so you'd have like Captain Action as a figure, mm-hmm. and then you'd have all these other superheroes as figures. And mm-hmm. so the gimmick was Captain Action was all of these characters. Yeah, that's right. You, yeah, you could change his toy easily into the other characters. Yeah, because they were like they were like Mego figures. You could like change their costumes and shit. Or not um, Mego. They were like they were like uh, well, they were like original GI Joes or Barbies, I guess. Speaking of Migo, we got a Migo on with this issue, dog. We're All running right. out of time. <laughs> I love nice segue. I know, don't you like? I I work. I worked for it. Uh, I love the uh, giant like '90s uh, blam panel on the second one, like where he's shooting the gun and it's like super jaggedy like yeah. panel border. <laughs> I love it, dude. I got wonder. Oh, you're talking about the cyborg fighting Donatello falling out of the sky. Of course, I imagine mm-hmm. when this was black and white, there was no starfield behind them, so it must have been like a white void. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just a guess. I can't. Yeah, you know what? I really should pull out the black and white issues to compare. Next time, I'll have to do that. I have to remember because it's a little weird that they just put this white border around it to to separate it from the starfield. Is all. Yeah, I, I feel like that wouldn't have been the case in the original. Guys, uh, when I was a child, uh, I always thought that the Ninja Turtle's tail was like just the naughtiest looking thing. Oh yeah, it looks like a dick. <laughs> it totally does. But it's a tail. <laughs> I never got that. Oh dude, I always as a little kid, I was always like, hee hee hee. <laughs> <laughs> you weirdos. Just straight up looks like a dick, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Frank is killing it on this. Uh, well, he, I just—you mean he killed it? Did it? Yeah, he killed it so long ago. He killed it. It's killed. It's killed. He killed it. Like a man's skirt, it was killed. This is one of those things, though. I—I I said to me, um, I believe this was black and white because you can see some a uh, little bit of funky black and whiteness where she's opening the door, and you see the colorist has had to go in, has made the choice to go in and fill the door in. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Where it would have, and, uh, would have been a white void before. Yes. And to me, that's not, like, unforgivable. It just looks weird in color. That's all. Yeah. I'm, I'm not hating it. It doesn't ruin a thing. It's got to be It's got to be difficult to kind of color something that was meant for black and white, though, honestly. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I like the very first page of this I thought looked real good. Mm-hmm. With all the blood and, the like, the shadows and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Upside Down City. I thought that all looked, like... I thought that looked real good. Me too. No, well, then there's that reflection in the armor. I'm not sure. That must be in the original, but it looks real good here. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I thought that first opening page, and you know what? I thought the coloring overall looked pretty fucking good. Yeah, I got, yeah, I agree. I think overall the coloring is pretty good. I I really want to see the original though because I got I got I got to figure out what they're changing because there's like these mm-hmm. transparency effects and like and like speed lines that are colored like they've got to mm-hmm. be changing a shit ton. Oh yeah, dude. to make it to make it look like this. Yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll have to bust out my original next time and compare. If anybody's listening that matters, like if Frank is listening, like, listen, Frank, I, I implore you, tell them that there are weirdos like me that would totally buy this in black and white twice. Like, I'll buy all the color issues and buy it in black and white just because I would love to see this in black and white. Yeah, they should they should have made the alternate cover issue version of the issue of black and white. I agree. Yeah, I would I would love that. Dude, I would double dip every single month if they did that. If like the black and white issue there, there's two covers for the issue. There's the new cover and then there's the old the Frank the original Frank Fosco co- well, the Arrow well, Larson, Larson for the a Larson while. covers, yeah. So they're and selling then it turned Frank with Larson inking, so right. but those are always in color, the covers. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is because there's gonna be two covers, just make the make the make the alternate cover a black and white issue. I'm sure yeah, collectors would love that. And I would I love it. I mean, hate make it. it a whole black and like do one color issue, one black and white issue. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I would double dip. I'm not even joking. Yeah. I would buy these issues twice. Alternatively, make the issue double length of both stories. Ooh, I would. I support that too. I would pay I'm more. For for, both. I'm paying four fucking dollars for it. They can. They can put more pages in it. <laughs> Ooh, this is four dollars. Shit, I didn't even notice. That's why I'm, that's why we're like a month it. behind because I can't afford. I gotta wait for a price drop. I mean, are <laughs> are all comics pretty much four bucks these days? Yeah, it's bullshit. There's there's a oh. hand there's a handful. There's Saga, which is three dollars, but that's going on a year hiatus. So when it comes back, it's gonna be six dollars. <laughs> oh, I'm sh- I, I would not be shocked if it came back at four dollars. I guarantee yeah. it, dude. Um, you know what I discovered? Uh, Savage Dragon fans that want to be budget conscious uh if you're like seven months behind the digital issues are like a dollar cheaper or something they're half off they're half off they're yeah four dollars yeah. the month they come out and then a month later they go to two so i'm saying technically if that, you just that, want... and that's how i that's how i buy pretty much all my image comics these days unless it's like super special you just like live in the past, basically. Yeah, I don't like doing it, but uh... it's fine. No, it works, dude. I play video games that way. Like, I'll buy all my shit old. Like, nobody's talking about it, but, but I got my game for but cheap. But of course, so. but of course, Marvel and DC don't do it. So, oh, this fucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, moving back along. Sorry, we got to stay razor focused. So right like away, that. right away, Mike Mako is in this issue. Issue. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So this this dragon whatever his name is, Dragon Lord. He's like collecting anthropomorphic, uh, is that how you say it? Anthro... Anthropomorphic being. Anthropomorphic, yes. yeah. yeah. So Mako, somehow they capture, they don't really give you the backstory on it, but he's in a cell. Yeah. And, uh, he but makes, but, uh, but yeah, they're looking for human-animal hybrids to do experiments on. And they, like, they, they in this story, they get a guy who, I guess, what is he called? The bat, the weasel. The weasel, weasel is a is a Wolverine knockoff. It's and fucking Wolverine. He is. He he says Bubba instead of Bub. He's got a he's got a fourth claw under his thumb. Oh yeah. And, and uh, I like how they're like, oh, he's just a mutant. Yeah, he's just a mutant. He's got no animal 
actual animal characteristics at all. So they just dehead him. Yeah, they were fooled by the name. As were we all. That was a funny little jab, though. Yeah, and they're not. I like how they're not concerned about him. All like fucking the 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 head guy just turns his back on him, <laughs> not worried at all. Well, he's so confident in his ninjas. Yeah, dude, this is it, it is a pretty crazy like um, second issue. If you know, you think about it, you got the appearance of Mako, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. You got Raph, whose face is like scarred to shit. Yep. You got Donatello that's kind of smashed on the ground, and you yeah, got them moving out, moving out of the sewers and into a mausoleum. So it's it's a, a lot of changes by the second issue. <laughs> Plus, I love the astral projection stuff. I thought it was cool. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um. Oh yes, and sort of how you know this is a continuation of like volume two is that there's this whole bit where Raph goes to visit the Foot Clan to get information, and they don't even, like, show it. He just goes and he goes gets it, so you, you know that they've got a working relationship, so it's not, like, the traditional... Uh, foot, I didn't know that. Foot. That was something I missed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I don't really have much knowledge of the Turtles, so... Besides, like, those early, early issues. The Ninja Babes! They found us! <laughs> so good. Yeah, they did. They they got their new headquarters, and they immediately get discovered. So that's uh. I wonder how they're gonna get out of this pickle. Raph now is sporting the Casey Jones mask, which is awesome. Yeah, that's a cool touch. I do like how they start off series three with like Pamiko and this. Uh, what do they call him? Like keep uh, Komodo Dragon guy, which is kind of new villains, which is neat. Yeah, you know, it's not like Shredder for like the twentieth time or something. I mean, they're very much Larson esque villains, early nine, mid nineties villains. Yeah, what's, what's Tech, cool though is I think they ninja. really feel. I think they really feel at home with turtles though. Sure. Sorry, I cut you off when you said Techno Ninja, but I totally agree. The kind of people that Youngblood would fight. <laughs> Brigade. Yeah. The Covenant of the Ninja Sword. The Cyborgs. Although I like how they crap all over the Cyborgs. Yeah. Oh yeah, the the uh, the bad guy just said discontinues the program because of how shitty they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're they're nothing. Eh, shitty Cyborgs. Get rid of them. Yeah, like you said, Craig, it's a fucking crazy second issue. Like, as a, from a new perspective, like, I'm fucking loving it. I am yeah. loving it. I think it is very good. Dude, Donatello just looks so messed up. He's just sitting there. It's how Frank illustrates his eyes and his face. He's just pretty much smashed on the pavement. And he's like, he can't feel his legs or anything. And, I mean, we kind of know what happens to him. But if you were reading this for the first time, you'd be like, uh, how the hell is he getting out of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying is, like, just think how fucking crazy this was. I don't know. Like, it's, it's so funny having the hindsight. Like, you know, now we read it and we're like, oh, they're not going to fucking kill Donatello. Like, he's not going to just bleed out in the streets. But, man, people were pissed. <laughs> 
Oh, it's so funny. It's so weird, dude, having that, like, hindsight on this issue. I'm enjoying it. It's not ruining anything for me, though. I love how all the, the shurikens are just thrown. That seems sloppy. Why would you attack a turtle's back? <laughs> to get I his attention. I think it's just a cool way to show that he could get hit by him and not get killed or something, not get injured. It makes a neat visual. I'll give you that. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense, I agree, but you got the thuck, 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 thuck. Plus, he's like, I mean, oh, my back. You got to think they probably haven't fought giant ninja turtles that much, so they don't know. Amateurs. Rank <laughs> amateurs. Yeah, this isn't the Foot Clan. They're, they're, they're not going to know better. Sweet double page spread. Which yeah. one? The last two pages. He's got the oh, stars yeah, stuck yeah. in his shell. It's kind of a... Think about that composition-wise. Isn't it kind of weird to end with a double-page spread? It yeah. really is. I don't know if I remember the last book I read that ended like that. 21 to 29. So it's still 20 pages. Counting the spread, so it's like 22 pages because it's two, two spreads. I want to say, mm-hmm. yeah. So you, you have a print. Either you got the print copy. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it now. It, mu- it must. It must end on. Yeah, you, most comics end on the left page. Yeah. Exactly. So so because it'll be wonky when it gets reprinted. Yeah, because it has next month and it's got the cover. Yeah, they'll have to put a spacer uh, page in there. And then a bunch of ads. Which I've always wanted to read that Eastman Bisley body count arc. It's legendary. Like, everybody talks about how good it is. Wait, is, yeah. that, is that advertising there? Yeah. yeah. Oh. A cult classic returns for the first time in hardcover. That's good to know. I actually do want to check that out myself. I just got an ad for the, the Turtles Usagi crossover. Uh, from last year, from last year, which was a pretty good issue. Weird, because there's, uh, like, a shit ton of ads, and, like, there's a lot of Ninja Turtle ads, and then it starts getting into just, like, IDW stuff. Yeah. Joe Hills, and this is IDW Digital with the fucking Xbox controller. <laughs> Download our apps and watch them on your Xbox One. Well, shit, dudes. Um, I think that wraps us up. Take us home, yeah. Raven. Savage Dragon 237. Enter the sinister leader of Toronto's underworld, the Deadly Scourge. Malcolm Dragon faces his biggest challenge to date, and the world knows and the way the world he one more time did, did I malcolm. copy paste it bad <laughs> no dude I read bad <laughs> malcolm dragon faces his biggest challenge to date and the world he knows hangs in the balance and there you go that's it no you did good I did bad so scourge I got super high hopes for scourge yeah he looks badass we, it's about time we need a a kick-ass kind of like major villain. Yep, recurring. Just and, the it's the Malcolm curse, the Malcolm era curse. You got to have that. No, there's no really awesome recurring new bad guys. If he's a one and done guy, that's it. I quit. <clears throat> Bold <laughs> words. I don't believe you, Olson. I don't believe you <laughs> at all. <laughs> Tough talk. Tough talk. 
Well. So, shit. See you next time. Lean and mean this episode. Sorry, guys. We didn't have a lot to talk about. I fear the next one may be similar, although we do hope to have some more letters from you guys. Always, always, you can write us at savagefincast uh, Savage at gmail.com. Leave mm-hmm. a message on our uh, on our website, on our uh, uh, episode post. We get... I like getting comment. I like getting comments on our on the on the website. We've actually had a few recently. I, if we had more time, we would have read them off. I think. Savagefincast.com. Oh, Check it out. Well, it was a good one. Good issue. Two thirty six is in the books. It was a terrific issue. Fun Loved experiment. Loved all the, F- fun yeah, experiment. the experiments. Real fun. And uh, like I said, looking forward to the next issue. Oh yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, listeners. So, still next time.